You are now listening to The Perfect Prana with Kaya Ann. What's poppin'? What's good? You're listening to The Perfect Prana Show, and I am your host, Kaya Ann, a yoga enthusiast and a human. I am just a human. Welcome to the 14th and the final episode of The Perfect Prana Show for this season. Yes, that's right. I said it. This season is the last episode. A new season will start up next semester and I will be back with season two. We're taking a break. We're reassessing. We're going to, you know, take that little vacation, figure out what we need to change, go inward, and and we're going to come back refreshed in the new year. And that's going to be the vibe, okay? (laughs) But in that time... Please follow me on Instagram at consistentlykaya, consistently spelled with a K, Kaya spelled K-Y-A-H. I will be posting content that I've already recorded, so I'll be going back into some of my older episodes and kind of showcasing that on Instagram, showcasing myself on vacation, living my best life, and just really sharing with you all what I'm learning as I'll be going inward so there will be me on Instagram yeah this is my 14th episode and I'm just really shocked with myself I can't believe that I mean I I guess I can I don't know I'm just I'm just so happy and blessed that I made it this far 14 like I'm really amazed with that and with myself so but we have the usual the yoga news, the yoga hills, the weekly wellness challenge. But before we get into all of that, let's center ourselves. Let's take a moment to find our center, to bring awareness to ourselves, get into our bodies, take a moment to focus on ourselves. It doesn't matter where you're at. You could be at the gym. You could be sitting on the couch, you could be driving in the car, you could be at work. I mean, as long as you're like allowed to listen to stuff while you're at work. <laughs> but you could be in an array of places and it doesn't really matter. We can take this moment to find our center. So no matter what you are, what you're doing, sit up nice and tall or just lengthen your spine. If you're standing, you're sitting, you're laying down, it doesn't matter. Just lengthen your spine, lift up from your low back, sit up nice and tall, stand up nice and tall, roll your shoulders up and back, face your palms up like you are receiving a gift. Create some distance from your shoulders and your ears. Lengthen your neck. Take note of all your senses right now. What do you taste? What do you hear? What do you see? What do you smell? What do you feel? And take a deep breath into your belly and fill it up like a balloon. Hold at the top. And then take a nice sigh, like (sighs) pulling your belly button in. Take a deep inhale through your nose. Hold at the top and recycle it through your mouth. Again, letting out a nice sigh of relief, like (sighs) 
Inhale. And then exhale. One more time. Take a deep inhale right into your belly. Hold at the top. And slowly release your breath. And hold at the bottom. Let your breath become even and steady. And just focus on your breath. Focus on that prana, prana translating to breath, as in the breath of life, our energy source. Let your breath travel to each part of your body and nourish each part of your body that needs attention. We are centered. Let's get into the show. Yoga news. Dirty and ugly. China yoga influencer struts stuff at ancient site triggers debate over slut shaming and being inappropriate in public place. So an online influencer, obviously like a, a yogi, she went to this a tourist attraction or this ancient site in China. She pulled out her yoga mat and she just started doing yoga and she posted a video of her doing it online. She was wearing some like fitted clothing, you know, kind of like some dancer clothing, which is actually kind of cute. Leg warmers, that's a concept. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> and people were mad on the internet i wonder if people were like mad in person but they were definitely mad on the internet they felt that it was against public order and good morals some felt that it was inappropriate and vulgar and disrespectful to the city to the history to the culture and then others felt like people practice tai chi in this place so like what really is the difference some were like she was wearing appropriate clothing for yoga and she appears confident and positive. China does have a law if a person deliberately shows nudity in public they can be detained for up to 10 days and I guess some people were feeling like she was doing something against the law and other people like she's literally just wearing yoga clothes practicing yoga in at an ancient site posting her little video so the great debate uh, in in the yoga world right now <laughs> honestly this brought up yoga and modesty so i wanted to assess what she was doing and from my perspective in morals because this did start a whole moral debate a lot of people were saying that she was wrong or bad for doing this basically like you know she shouldn't have been doing that i wanted to assess this from the aspect of 
practicing yoga and how we're meant to live our lives off the mat. When I'm looking at the eight limbs of yoga, I guess this kind of goes into yamas. We have yama and niyama. And yama is the social ethics. So since people were, I guess, affected by this, this is more of like a social thing. But this could also be some personal ethics as well. So the five components of the social moral code yama is nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing, right use of energy, and non-greed. She wasn't being violent. I mean, she wasn't being dishonest and she wasn't stealing and she wasn't really being greedy. So this kind of goes into the right use of energy, I guess. Brahmacharya. And again, the eight limbs of yoga, Patanjali, this is his pathway to enlightenment and what it really means to practice yoga from ancient Indian perspective so and I'm getting this from EckhartYoga.com but it does translate to the right use of energy that's kind of having behavior that leads us to Brahman being the creator in Sanskrit so a behavior that leads us toward the divine or a higher power so this component of or this yama is meant to direct us away from external desires and instead toward finding peace and happiness within ourselves and so okay i wanted to talk about this because what really matters when assessing the morality of what she was doing is really her intent and I can't really say what her intention was. From some people's perspective, they're thinking, okay, she's out here wearing these clothes, she's begging for attention and doing the, all this stuff in front of people. And it seems like an egotistical thing. That's how it's coming off to some people and other people are like well no she's just innocently practicing yoga it really wasn't that deep practice yoga in a public place and you know laid out her mat she is an influencer she's doing her job this is how she makes her living so she laid out her mat she practiced she did some stretches she wore appropriate yoga clothes so what's the big deal and <laughs> if i'm being honest I would like to give her the benefit of the doubt and kind of be on that side like because I really can't say what her intentions was and nor can anybody else nobody could say what she was trying to give by doing that you know also this goes into even if she was doing it from a place of ego and I want attention I want people to look at me and this and that I'm not gonna say she's necessarily wrong for doing that and that that's wrong you know I think 
I feel like we all deal with that. Everybody wants attention, or at least at, at a point in their life, everybody has wanted attention and they wanted people to look at them and they want it to be praised. And I mean, even God wants to be praised. That's a, an important part to human development and to children, you know, <laughs> like, so I'm sure everybody wanted that at least once in their life and they might do things that like, oh, that's attention seeking behavior that doesn't make them like wrong or necessarily bad. You know, I do think there is a point where we have to learn to get the confidence and get the peace and get the fulfillment from within but there are time periods points in our lives where we crave attention we crave validation we crave people looking at us and telling us that we're doing a good job and that we're valid or you know and I don't think that that necessarily makes you a bad person sometimes it's like at what cost you know like you're craving attention and then like you'll do anything for it you'll create all this suffering for yourself to gain attention but you know it's hurting you in the long haul or or just really never being fulfilled like dang i got all this attention all these people validated me and i still don't feel good about myself so there's a few aspects that go into that, but wanting to be appreciated, wanting attention, wanting validation isn't a bad thing. It is a human thing. I mean, words of affirmation is literally a love language. Attention-seeking behavior isn't always ideal and it's not always positive, but it depends and I don't know it's just kind of like that's for her to judge and that's for her to assess you know that's between her and herself that's between her and her morality I it's so weird to judge people for certain things like we should work to be more understanding and of each other you know because if you were her you'd probably do the same thing <laughs> Seriously, so I mean, I guess it just depends on what her uh, intentions are and nobody can really say for sure, only she can say what her intentions are. And if she was really coming from a place of innocence and like, I'm just literally doing this cause it's my job and I just thought it would be cool or I don't know like why she did it. If that's where she was coming from, then I'm sure she is mentally and spiritually okay and is pleased with herself and fine. If she was coming from the place of I crave attention and I want to be validated and I want people to look at me and be in awe or whatever the case was, you know, she definitely received that. She received some of that, but also that just may be part of her journey where she might you know, eventually have to find other ways to find fulfillment within. So, I mean, I can't really say. <laughs> and I don't know, it does bring up a conversation about modesty in yoga. It's something that I have 
been learning because again just wanting to get away from ego and modesty with clothing yeah that's one thing but modesty with behavior and attitude what you're doing and what you're showing if that makes sense like the posture is for us we are not for the posture so yeah it's cool that you can do all these cool things with your body but yoga is really about what the posture is doing for your body and how it's opening you up or how it's restoring this this part of your body and balancing this other part of your body and stretching this part of your body strengthening that part if that makes sense that's what yoga is about or at least postures are about so the physical aspect is something that I have to be or I've been aware about as I've been sharing on the internet or in classes and even teaching is just treading lightly (laughs) with that because I don't ever want to come off as a show off because that is definitely an egocentric thing and I don't want to put a bad taste in anybody's mouth and ruin the practice for them if that makes sense you know when I'm teaching in class like for inference I might teach the splits pose but I I don't like just go into full splits because I don't you know I give that option but I'm not trying to like be like oh look at me I can do this and you probably can't because realistically I am in a class with a lot of people that are just starting their practice some postures aren't accessible for them at this point in life so they don't want to like sit up here and look at a bunch of people and like feel bad about themselves (laughs) or and I mean that also goes into like other people's emotions aren't my responsibility and other people's triggers aren't my responsibility but I think that when your intention is egocentric that that can be read and that's easy to pick up on like people know people can feel that vibe so if you're just genuinely coming from a place again it's intention of I'm going to model this posture for you because I want to show you how to properly perform it and the alignment for it and uh, this is what you do and you know I'm genuinely trying to help you versus a place of I'm just trying to show off people can feel that so I try to stay conscious of that and it's not to kill my confidence or anybody's confidence or dim my light but it's just to find the balance of between I'm confident and I'm happy with what I can do but also let me be self-aware and socially aware as well I don't want to discourage anybody from practicing from looking at me or feeling like oh I can't do that and this and that or and I don't 
like to feel like that when I'm looking at other people, you know? So I work to keep myself in check and not comparing myself and being okay with where I'm at. But then that's also part of like, again, just checking in with my intentions when doing certain stuff and being, treading lightly about how I'm presenting myself to people and making sure that we're all in a safe space and being open and just giving people options and making them feel okay with where they're at and like I respect where you're at you're good where you're at you're you're enough like you're absolutely good I didn't talk about my personal journey last week which was funny so I took Cyan's advice and I have been doing some of the yoga classes just asking for the recording and that's been helpful i like that because it really works for me baby steps i still want to stay in the yoga community i want to stay with my studio and still participate and find ways to do that it just has to be convenient for me so <laughs> I was like, that's actually a great idea. I'm going to try that out. And yeah, I appreciate a good Zoom class and the safety of my own home. And if I'm being honest, I really appreciate a practice alone without people's eyes on me. Because again, it takes ego off the table. Like it's just me and myself me focusing on me it's not about you know being nervous that i'm in front of other people worried about other people judging me or thinking that uh she can't do that much or she's doing too much or wearing what i want not having to like readjust my clothing or yeah it's just a nice private practice is a vibe <laughs> and like doing the zoom one I could turn the camera off or I could just again watch the recording and still take note from the cues and from the sequence and still get the benefits of the practice but not have to be under watch i appreciate that so uh i will be doing more of that especially on this break be like yes send me that recording because i have been leading my own home practice for a while now and i've made progress I have made so much progress and I've had so many good moments with myself and I've learned so much from like watching other videos and taking classes and being like I like what they did in that class so I'm gonna add this to my little home practice but with that being said sometimes I can't push myself in the way that I need to be pushed. Sometimes my brain is at capacity and I don't have any more to really give myself. So I have to go out and learn in order to give back to myself, to give more to myself. So 
steps like like taking classes reading doing the self-study it's important it is important and that's just that's the vibe that i've been on okay okay (laughs) yoga heals this week's guest for the 14th episode is alan i met alan in my teacher training and He has gone on to become an amazing teacher. He's the founder and owner of Subai Subai, where he provides massage therapy and yoga instruction. He has a professional background in modern dance. Alan offers grounded and flowing sequences, anatomy and alignment focus cues, and encourages his students to play and explore. Let's get into the conversation. Yes. Hey, welcome to the perfect prana show this is my 14th episode and my last episode of this season and it starts again next semester but i'm so glad that you could be here today how are you doing i'm doing well thank you i'm so happy to be here i'm so excited for you i have been i've listened to a couple of the episodes and it's so great you're like (laughs) killing it Thank you. It's been some some kinks and things that I've been like working out like hmm, I didn't like when I did that or it's just it's a process but I'm excited to come back next semester and like do it all over again but better and maybe I'll keep this show for the rest of my life. I don't know but I love to get on here with my friends and talk about yoga. So how have you been since the teacher training we did? Yeah, I've been great. It's actually been, I was kind of reflecting on the last couple of months since our YTT and I feel like I'm in like this whole new part of my life right now and new, but also like familiar. Cause I think I was telling you, like I taught dance for like several years. Um, and so like teaching and movement was such a big part of my life for so long. And then I took a break um, I was a massage therapist. I was doing that. And then I like transitioned into this corporate world for the last like four years. And then now coming back to teaching, it's like feels like coming back home, but it also feels very new too. But yeah, right after YTT, I felt like really good about just like moving and like meeting you all, meeting the rest of the, the our cohort. But from a teaching perspective, I felt so not confident at all. Like, I just spent the last four weeks, like, focusing on this one thing. And I'm coming out of it feeling like I don't, I'm not, I'm not able to do it. Um, Or at least in, like, the capacity that I was expecting to in my head, maybe. I don't know. But, like, we never taught a whole hour class you know in our four weeks together and so that's kind of like baseline of what you need to be able to do to teach and so it's like I can't even do this like baseline thing so I felt really nervous for probably like the first month or two I was like I just spent all this money I spent all this time I'm like it was kind of in the back of my head like this way for me to escape this corporate life um and now I don't know if I can do it so yeah I felt really scared 
And then I found out about this mentorship program with uh, a studio called the Collective Yoga Co-op. And they're like amazing. Uh, they're like very accessibility focused, LGBT focused, BIPOC focused. They do like sliding scale for all of their uh, classes and events. So it just felt like a really just cool place to like practice that and just just to discover. But yeah, they were offering a five week mentorship program, like for those who either just graduated or had taken like an online course or had taken, um, uh, who had done their teacher training, like, you know, a long time ago and just wanting some more support. So I did that program and yeah, that, that helped so much. Um, but also just like forcing myself to teach. I did like a community class at the studio that we uh, did our teacher training at. And then I got a job teaching. I think I started teaching like at the same time that I got my mentorship. So it was like almost like another little like intensive, like yoga was like back in my life in a, in a more uh, in a larger capacity. Uh, yeah. And now I'm, I'm feeling good. I've, I'm, I have like regular classes every week. I, I have right now I have four regular classes that are like fine. So it's just like, I felt like I just like jumped off the cliff and everything's fine. I'm flying. I was definitely nervous to teach my first class because I'm like, I haven't really done this before. <laughs> like, And then also personally, I just know I'm not like an advanced in air quotes practitioner. Like I'm not as seasoned as some people or in my mind, I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do that. Like I'm not able to do this. So that made me a little bit nervous to teach if I'm being honest. But mm -hmm. I will say when I started teaching that improved my practice so much more because it was like, no, I really need to understand the alignment on this. And like, yeah. how do I explain this to people? And then also it just changed how I perceived taking a class. Like when I go to a, a yoga teacher's class, like picking up their cues and like taking note of how they sequence things. And I think that that is a good idea that you're like diving in deep and taking more workshops and stuff. And I kind of want to be there with you, like taking more workshops and more intensives, like really focused in on my practice and learning and becoming a better teacher. Just because like, I don't want to like be stagnant, like just not mm. growing. Like uh, I don't, you know, I still want to be studying and being in the, in the intensive, it put me in that place to study. Versus now it's like, I have to structure the studying myself and it is so yeah. hard. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah, no, I totally feel you on that completely. Um, and I agree that teaching is forcing me to really focus on my own practice and like vice versa. Like they, they go hand in hand. Like I can't teach without my own practice because I need to keep learning as well. And as I'm learning, it's like that saying of like, once you learn something enough to be able to teach it, like you become a better student and like you become a better teacher. And so that's definitely happening to me. It is hard though, when you feel like you need to keep yourself in check of like 
being able to do things and staying on task as opposed to like feeling inspired and like feeling like you love it so much, like that passion for to do something. But I don't know if that's like real life. It's like you always hear about like, oh yeah, I just, it, it just never feels like work for me. Like regardless of what it is, if it's yoga or like if it's working in a, like a nine to five job, like I'm just so passionate about the work that it doesn't feel like work. And I just don't know if that's real for anyone it's certainly not for me is what i'm discovering like i need to set that structure i need to have those boundaries and like really push myself to do things or else i won't do them like i'm i'm lazy like i won't <laughs> like like even like teaching or doing yoga i'm like oh i just did i did my practice for today so i get to reward myself it's like i need to have like that reward to do it and not just doing it for the passion unfortunately I mean there are certainly days where I do I'm like yes I like really want to practice today or I'm so excited to teach today but yeah that's not always the case I it's interesting that you brought that up I mean even the, the fact that you're like I'm lazy <laughs> that's something that I do have to pray about sometimes or like really talk to myself and have conversations with me is just sometimes carrying some of those traits of being like lazy or just terrible habits or, or like just you know harming myself in ways or being too indulgent or just whatever the case is sometimes I do have to like really have a conversation with myself or really give myself a affirmation to power myself through because I'm not always excited about everything sometimes I do have time periods I want to say days, but like straight up time periods where I'm like exhausted. I'm like, I just, I want to escape, get on my phone. I don't want to think about anything for real. So eh, I go through that. But what I wanted to ask you about is it was interesting that you were kind of looking at this as a way out of your corporate job. And I'm like, how? Because when I started teaching, I was like, yeah, this is something that I'm not doing for the money because it really, it doesn't pay, at least in my case. It really, you know, it pays a little bit, but like, you know. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, how? So uh, that is definitely something that I was struggling with uh, when I was thinking about teaching it and honestly still struggling with and probably will always struggle with um, because at the end of the day, I don't know if there is any situation where you can be teaching yoga, like in a salaried position, like that would be amazing, right? I'm sure there's, there's something, you know, um, but for the most part, the way that we are able to teach is either like through a studio setting or private classes, you know, workshops. Um, it's always like you're going to the people and like meeting people there, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's not a great way to make money. But uh, I listened to this podcast. Uh, it's uh, actually by two local yoga instructors. Uh, it's called The Funny Thing About Yoga uh, with Bradshaw and Juliana. And literally the very first podcast uh, episode that I listened to of that podcast was about like, how do yoga teachers make money? Like, how can you make this a living? And it blew my mind. 
like they were just talking about like all the normal things like what I just shared like yeah it's like hard to make money because you have to hustle you have to either teach a bunch of classes like it's about the volume like you have to teach a lot or you need to do like private clients where they're like paying you a lot um and you can maybe have you know a couple of clients and be able to do that but at the end of the episode well during in the middle of the episode they were talking about like pay ranges. And at the end of the episode, Brad, uh, Juliana asked Bradshaw, she was like, if you were a teacher starting now, what is the base pay that you would ask for? And he said $60 an hour for a, a class. And I was like, excuse me? Like I, 25 to 30 is I think what um, we were told and our one hour like business for yoga um class in our tt which i have whatever issues with that apparently as you could tell from my tone um but and that was also like something i was quoted from a studio that reached out asking for me to teach and i was like okay if i need to pay rent i need to have at least like 10 classes a week and that seems like a lot at least like a lot in terms of just coming out of YTT, um, but also just a lot in life. That's like a lot of classes to teach every single week. So that's 40 classes a week. Um, and it's like, okay, so maybe this isn't, this isn't real. This isn't something that I can totally transition to. But when they said $60 a class, I was like, okay, then that means I only need five classes a week. And that seems doable. So yeah, I was just like, I, I'm, I just, I'm like selling myself short. And I do have like, you know, again, like several years of teaching dance. So I'm not, I have skill sets already that I'm coming in with, even though I'm a new yoga teacher, I have, you know, all the skills that you need to teach yoga. Um, so yeah, I kind of have that playing in the back of my mind every time I uh, am looking to teach at, at different studios or in, in different capacities, whether it's like private or um, even offering my own classes. Uh, yeah, so that's, I think it is more realistic than maybe uh, we think. We just need to advocate for ourselves and like really fight for that pay. Like, yeah, like $30 right now is uh, probably like the reality, but maybe it'll take a year, you know, or a two to keep building up. You just gotta keep hustling and gain that experience and put in that time. Hmm. I mean, I guess I'm really love to just talk about this and kind of ask people this and especially uh, yoga teachers, like what I just asked you is just because I'm in a point in my life where I'm like trying to imagine my life in the future. Cause it's like, I'm mm -hmm. doing right now what I imagined in the past. So I'm like, okay, so now I have to reimagine stuff. <laughs> so I've been trying to reimagine my life with yoga and still having the freedom to practice at the capacity that I do. But like, again, being able to sustain a living. So it's a it's an ongoing conversation and hashtag manifestation. We'll get there. So yeah. But 
you really uh we really just had a long introduction conversation because the question I really come on here <laughs> to ask everybody is when did you start practicing yoga and why and why do you still practice today? Yeah. So I started practicing probably like 12 years ago. Um so I was I was dancing professionally that was kind of like my very that's not true. I, I worked for Starbucks right out of college. Um, for like four years, I like was an assistant manager. And literally within my first year of becoming an assistant manager, I discovered dance again. I went to school for dance. Um, and I hadn't danced for maybe about like a year or two after college. And my Starbucks location was like two blocks away from this like adult only dance studio, which I was like, this is cool. Like most of the time, like I, I, part of why I didn't, I stopped dancing. I was like, I don't want to go dance at a studio with like a bunch of kids. So having uh, the studio be a dance only, that was really attractive. Um, so I started dancing there and it must've been like the winter or like maybe this early summer because the, dance teacher that I was taking her class regularly her her name is her name is Amber she's like hey my studio is or my company is having auditions you should come and I was like mm. she's like no just come like just think of it as a free class I was like okay sure so I went and I got accepted in I don't know like a light bulb switch like I was happy with Starbucks like I was like hustling and like obviously like cared about it enough to become an assistant manager but literally after I got the offer I was just like I'm done I'm done <laughs> so I started dancing and I was like doing both at the same time for a while and then I stopped um started dancing started teaching and then uh, about that same time so 2011 2012 I um uh, took a yoga class I think it was a yin class I just remembered like it was really dark we had a lot of uh no it must have been a restorative class because we had a lot of like props and I remember like just having like legs up the wall so that was like my very first introduction with yoga obviously like I'd been moving like I was, I'd always been flexible and then like with dance like I was using my body in kind of the same capacity but yeah come to find out like yoga is is so much more than just moving your body but that's at that time, that's what I used it for. It was like, I just want another way to stretch to like, kind of show off that I'm like flexible and like, um, work out. And that's kind of how my practice was for several years, probably four or five years. And I practice like super sporadically, like once, I don't know, once every couple of months, it was never a regular thing. It actually, it was, it was never a regular thing up until now, up until uh, we did our uh, YTT. But what changed for me was I like went through a really hard breakup. Uh, and I distinctly remember I was taking a hot yoga class. We laid down for Shavasana and I just started crying. Like in Shavasana, I was like, just had like this cathartic release. And I was like, oh, yoga helped me get to this point like practicing helped me get here and so ever since then so ever like 2016 i was like okay this yoga is so much more so ever 
since 2016, I've been practicing like more from like a spiritual perspective, emotional perspective. And when I would take class, like it would be because I was like, okay, there's something I need to work through mentally, emotionally, rather than physically. Yeah. So that's kind of why I still practice now. Mm, okay. That's not true. Uh, that is still a benefit of practicing, but in general, having a regular practice now just helps me be clear. I feel like the last, over the last four or five years with working like a corporate job and also the pandemic, like I just was having a lot of like ADHD symptoms, a lot of like depression, like anxiety symptoms, which I'd never really struggled with before. And I attribute that to like, I had always been moving my body and I'd always like, even though my yoga practice was sporadic, like that was there. Um, I had this like spiritual practice and with massage therapy, like there is that like same kind of element of like groundedness. And I always had these practices that I could return to like to, to ground myself with a pandemic and like just hustling and trying to figure out this new job. I literally, all of those practices went away. I didn't have anything to return to. And so I feel like I wasn't connected to my body anymore. I was just in my head so much. And I feel like that's why all those uh, symptoms came around again to circle back again. Now that I'm, I have that regular practice, like it's my mind is just clearer. Like a lot of my like inability to focus is less. My depression is less or like symptoms of depression is less. Yeah. And then obviously now like that I have a teaching practice, I, I like we, we talked about earlier, I, I really want to keep learning and like furthering my own practice to become a better, better teacher. Thank you so much for sharing. That was a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How have you been doing with your sitting practice ever since we stopped our teacher training? Um, by sitting practice, you mean like meditation? Yes. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> I like pretty much don't. I don't. I well, no. I pretty much fell off of it like immediately after teacher training. And again, like meditation has been something that's has come and gone in my life over the last ten years or so. Again, like through the other things that I do, and I think that's just that's just my relationship with it. Um, for right now, I don't feel bad <laughs> about it. Like I, there was a part of me that like felt like guilty or like ashamed. I was like, why can't I make this a regular thing? Yeah. I'm not, I think forcing it, if anything was like making me not want to do it. So when it comes back into my life is like, will be a time that I need it or like, I'm so, like, going to learn something from it and I'll be grateful for that time. And if it, becomes something regular that I do like after that or like you know at any time in my life then great but I don't like miss it I don't feel like I'm I'm not a I'm not a good yoga student or a good yoga teacher because I don't have a regular meditation practice no judgment because <laughs> I definitely yeah. fell off of it and the only reason I started it back up again was literally for a weekly challenge for the show and maybe I'll Hopefully I'll continue after the week, but I mean, but I know that I needed to do it just because I have some habits on me as a Gen Z girly with this device right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I have to like 
you know, kind of forced myself to like not be taking in stuff so mm-hmm. I can like think and like actually not be a zombie because yeah. And honestly, during this summer, I'd say that was like one of the best time periods in my life. Like, I mean, now is pretty good, but then it was really good because <laughs> I was just so again, like just that fresh perspective on life. So I'm like, man, how can I get back to that attitude, that zest? And <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it, like, now that I think more about it, like, I feel like there's also different ways that you can meditate. It doesn't have to be a sitting practice. I feel like I probably do meditate in some way or another, like every day. And it's for me, and it's something that I feel like maybe I'd oh I've always done it, but I definitely became more aware of it when I was in massage school. And it was more about like a just a physical thing that we talked about. And it was it's called like checking in. I'm sure there's other ways that people call it, but it's literally I'll give you the the context of how I learned it in massage school. So it's like when you are working on someone and you're just checking in with yourself and like, okay, how can I make this position that I'm in, in my physical body, better, more efficient, safer for my body. So if that means like, oh, okay, I can sit up taller, or I need to push down into my foot to make sure that I'm working my whole body instead of just hunkering down and working through my hands. And so to me, that is a form of meditation. It's just like becoming present, becoming aware of what's happening in your physical body, like even in your mind, like just having that conversation with yourself of like, okay, what am I doing? What can I do better? Like, am I breathing? Like that is, that's meditation. And so I do that kind of subconsciously now, like every day. Okay. Like when I'm working on my computer, okay, check in, what can I do to make this position better? Okay. Sit up a little bit taller, drop my shoulders down. Oh yeah. I haven't taken a deep breath in a while. Let's do that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing though. No, because like it is all about being mindful. So yeah. I mean, that massage school, maybe that's on the radar. <laughs> it seemed like you learned a lot. And seriously, yeah. do you uh give hands-on adjustments now as uh as you teach regularly? Cause that, I know that was something I struggled with personally. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't do it consistently in my classes, um, mainly because I forget to ask for consent. And so if I start off class without asking them, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not doing that today. Um, the I sub a lot at the Collective Yoga Co-op and they have consent chips. So that is easier for me to remember. Excuse me. But yeah, I, yeah, I do hands on adjust. And when I do it I feel confident and I always get feedback of like oh my gosh that was so great that you did that thank you so much and like I actually did that um I did hands on address during shavasana uh on Monday night with my class and the owner was like that's so great like I when I was doing when I was practicing um a lot like when I was younger like every teacher did that like it was in a part of every single class and now that of course like with the pandemic and just like talking about consent, being aware that you need to ask for consent and receive consent. Uh, it's just not something that's done as often, but when I, when I do, 
do it, I remember, oh yeah, this is most of the time really helpful. And I also feel like confident doing it probably from my like dance and massage background. And I would give like physical adjustments when I was teaching dance as well. And in that world, it's, it's a little, it's also like kind of expected to, yeah, I come with that, like, again, with those skills already. Yeah, the yoga world needs you. Seriously. <laughs> I, that is like something I was just never used to. But again, it's like some there's so much more that I want to learn. And I'm going to have to put myself in the space to learn just because like I do want to become the best teacher possible. Yeah, but I would say that like, again, like don't be ashamed or like feel bad that you don't feel comfortable with doing it because I'm if I remember correctly with your yoga journey, like it's something still kind of relatively new for you, just like practicing yoga. And I think you were doing it like mostly virtually, right? When you first started. So you yourself in your student practice, like you're not used to getting adjustments either. And so you don't know how it feels. So how would you know how to give it if you don't know how to receive it? I have, I have some years on you. So I, yeah, I, like, I remember getting adjustments when I was uh, practicing. Yeah. And they felt great. Yeah. Cause that honestly was something I've never experienced until yoga view. So I'm mm -hmm. like, a, just a whole new perspective. I'm like such a baby. It's hilarious. Yeah, literally you are. Literally. Literally you are. <laughs> okay. So new year is coming up. And I've been asking everybody this, your New Year's resolution. What is my New Year's resolution? Um, I've been playing with that. So I never, I never do one. Again, I feel like going back to our conversation about like structure, like I, and just in routine in general, I have, I, I understand the importance and also the benefits of having a routine. I just, for some reason, like want to rebel against it. And so when there's something like resolutions or like, I mean, in a way that is a routine, like doing something consistently, like every year, it's even though it's, you know, once a year, but yeah, I feel like I, I like rebel against it. I push against it for some reason. If I had to give you an answer, I would just say something that I want to start new. I just want to continue. I want to continue doing what I'm doing, which is again, like doing my self-practice. I want to keep learning how to be a better student, learning how to be a better teacher. I've been, I've been focusing on a different part of yoga philosophy every week, um, or sorry, not every week, every month. And so when I first started teaching, when I got my very first class at the studio, I started teaching at the very beginning of October. And so it was like, okay, new month, like new studio, like new kind of like step in my yoga teaching journey. And in the mentorship class, we had just done like a little segment on yoga philosophy and we did it. We talked about ahimsa a lot. So it's like, okay, it's like the first of the yamas, which is like the first of the eight limbs of yoga. So it's like, I'm going to, I'll focus on ahimsa this month. In November, I did uh, Satya, which is like truthfulness. And then in December, I've been focusing on Asteya, which is non-stealing. So yeah, I just want to continue with this like yoga philosophy, incorporating those themes in my class because I feel I've gotten a lot of great feedback about it, but also like I'm learning so much just from like researching 
the concepts to be able to teach them. Yes, that is something I've had to come back to a good amount. Again, doing the show, it's keeping me in check. I have to like always be like, okay, I have to come up with something to talk about. And actually this week I was talking about it translates to the right use of energy. Brahmacharya. And I don't know, I was talking about it in relation to modesty because this girl in China went in front of this like ancient, it's kind of tourist site or the sacred site. And she just randomly started practicing yoga. And there was like an abate, a debate on it. People were like, this is disrespectful. Look at what she's wearing. Why is she like doing this? Kind of like, you know, kind of slut shaming her, you know, yeah. and whatnot. And then some people are like, she's just innocently practicing yoga. Like those, she's wearing fitted clothes, which is appropriate for yoga and she was just doing her practice people do tai chi there like it's you know she's just doing some movements like it, it is what it is I don't know I guess my question for you would be like how has your attitude or ego changed or yeah just ever since you started practicing or even since doing YTT because I know personally myself and probably everybody has an an element of ego when it comes to practicing of just like wow like just getting lost in the sauce of I just did this this is so cool or I can't do this like I'm I suck you know so where are you at with that (laughs) Yeah, I feel like through my yoga practice, but more so like through revisiting these yoga philosophy concepts of like ahimsa, nonviolence against satya truthfulness and asteya non-stealing, like that alone has probably made the most impact for me in the last couple of months because I'm relearning them but also having to like reformulate what I'm learning in my own way to be able to then articulate it to my students and then obviously I'm like since they're in my mind I'm like trying to practice them too in my just my daily life and so those yeah again like those three things just for right now have made the biggest impact for me in terms of my relationship with myself and my relationship with others. And that's kind of what I I say to, to my students is like the Yamas are like, we think of them as like the golden rule of like, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated. But the Yamas are really like a guide for our relationship with others. But I tell my students like, but oftentimes it's, our relationship with ourselves that we need to work on first to be able to then extend that work to others. So whenever I present a new part of yoga philosophy, it's always an invitation to turn inward. So like with Ahimsa, like what are ways that you are being, you know, unkind to yourself Uh, with Asteya, like what are ways that you're stealing from yourself, like stealing time, stealing energy, and then like throughout the practice, throughout the, the month, we start introducing, I start introducing how to think about it with others, but then come back to it of like, okay, so now through the last month, like, 
what has been your relationship with this, with Ahimsa, with Satya? I don't know. It's definitely something as a teacher, it is important to bring more philosophy to class because it really, asana posture is just one aspect of the Mm -hmm. philosophy of yoga, but there really is so much more that, like I said, like we can really get lost in the sauce of like, okay, just did the splits and I just put my foot over my head. But like your spiritual practice really has to be making you into a better person, not just for yourself, but like for everyone around you or that you cross paths with. So Yeah, but I think it also like ego is not a bad thing. Like inherently we need to have a sense of ego, a sense of identity, to survive like literally that's what it is like that's what it was there for and so if doing the splits makes you feel good about yourself and like makes you feel good about your practice then get it sink into that like sit in that but acknowledge when that energy starts negatively affecting others you know that's I feel like ego when we our egos clash with other egos that's when like we talk about, oh, you need to, you need to let go of your ego. You need to, you know, stop listening to your ego. And it's like, that's, I don't know, I don't know how, how, how healthy that is. And I, and I'm coming from with a lot of ego work too. Like there was a time where I felt like I was like, I was feeling myself like a little bit too much and it was affecting others. Like I would play back conversations be like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Like, because of that, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to like deny my ego. I need to stop feeding it. And I was doing that for like years. And I think I I lost myself a little bit. And so probably at the height of it was when like the pandemic had again, like all of this, these big changes happened in my life and in our lives. When I felt lost because of this state of the world and the state of my world, like I didn't have, I didn't have something to return to, like to feel good about because I was denying myself that for so long. No, you, uh, I love that you brought that up because it is necessary and it is needed, but there is like a balance to it. And that's exactly kind of like the point I was kind of making with this whole story anyways. What I recorded earlier was just that, it really just dependent on her intention and that's between Mm -hmm. her and herself. Like I can't really sit here and say if she's morally wrong for doing what she did, but even if she did, you know, do this because she wanted attention and wanted people to look at her and admire her, that's not necessarily bad because sometimes, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to feel good, but it is something where you have to check into yourself with yourself and figure out like, okay, well, how can I feel good with attention or without attention with just myself, you know? Yeah. Like, is this a pattern where like I need attention from others to feel good about myself? Okay. So maybe that's not the right use of my energy, like shift back. Like, how can I find that within myself? But also like for the people who are judging her, is that the right right use of their energy to be like going on and, you know, being a keyboard warrior no for real this was like who you can't 
you know, more compassion, more understanding yeah. and just more accepting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, she got attention anyway. So if that's what she right. wanted, then sure. <laughs> we all did. A, we all did our job in her eyes. So and I will say it's something I was again talking about this earlier. It's just that I do truly appreciate my home practice and just practicing by myself without eyes on me because it really is it's like okay it's just me and me there's nobody watching so I can't feel judged or on the other side of that I can't like be in the mindset of uh, let me do this extra let me show off or like you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's something where I'm I know I have to constantly check in with but it's not something that I want to kill completely. Cause like you said, if this makes you feel good, go deeper into that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. So. Yeah. And like, why does it make me feel good? You know, like really dig in. One thing that I, you know, I asked in the last episode and I'm thinking about adding this to my show, but unpopular opinion yoga edition i mean so i wish i had something like more uh uh deep to say but it's not well i don't think it is but going back to what you just said of like having your home practice is so important to you it is so important to me too and so i guess my unpopular opinion to me right now and i think it changes and it probably will change but practicing virtually is like it for me right now. Like I, and like, even like on demand. So like with the collective yoga co-op, I am able to, uh, I'm doing like trades with them uh, to be able to get free classes, but I also get like access to their like library of on-demand classes. And so that's how I'm practicing right now. Is like, I just watch, I just play, you know, their on-demand classes uh, at home and it is, it feels like a safer space for me right now, like financially. Also, you know, people are getting sick again. It's it's cold. I don't want to go outside. Like from a, just a physical perspective, like that's like safer for me financially also. And then from a student perspective, I feel like I'm able to be more present in a different way. I feel like a lot of times when I'm taking class in like a studio, I get so lost in my own practice that I like come out of it feeling great. And like, I feel good in terms like of a student, but like now I need to shift and be more aware of like from a teacher perspective, like you were saying at the beginning of like, you are learning so much, so much when you're taking other people's classes and like thinking about like what they said and like, you know, just like taking little nuggets that you like. And I like, I can't do that when I'm in a studio. Like I was like, I don't, know what they said at all and so now like when after I'm done taking class I'm like great I feel I feel good but also I feel bad because I can't remember this like cue that they said that I really liked that I wanted to incorporate into my class so now I'm like part of the whole reason that I was there is like moved now that I'm like watching something on demand I can pause it I can like take take a moment write it down yeah it's it's just been it's been really great for me to like practice at home or even like watch like using YouTube videos so yeah practice virtually it's 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 great I'm literally there with you lately you know for the most part I just make it up in my head 
do a good amount of sun salutations and I have things that I'm like, oh, I really want to work my way up to this. I want to work my way. So I might do work on that fall, laugh at myself, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. literally, uh, but I did take my first virtual class, Quinn's class the other day. And I took it, they recorded it and they just sent me the recording. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I did really appreciate and love that because sometimes it is hard to come up with the practice in my head or push myself in the ways that I know, okay, I need to be pushed in this way. And a teacher might push me a little bit further than me where I might not really do what I know that take a lazy approach to it sometimes. So yes, thank you so much, Alan, for coming onto my show. But before you go, will you lead us through a quick breath of pranayama as a yoga teacher? You knew it was coming. I did. I'm glad that I watched or I listened to the previous episodes because I don't, I don't incorporate a lot of pranayama in my classes. And so, yeah, I don't think I would have been prepared otherwise, but uh, I am because I've been, I, I did my work. Um, so I want to, uh, has anyone done lion's breath yet? No. Yes. Okay, good. So lion's breath or sim, simhasana, the reason why I want to do it is like, it's the holidays. It's like great for like building heat. And also it's like just really great to get people out of their comfort zone a little bit with the holidays I feel like there's a lot of like youthful energy and sometimes it's it's nice to like tap into that so let me explain it first because it's very different from other pranayamas so uh with lion's breath you are going to on your exhale you're actually releasing your tongue out of your mouth like trying to reach your tongue like externally out of your mouth towards uh, your chin or towards the ground opening your mouth wide and you could also take your drishti or your gaze like up towards um your crown or like your third eye um even take like a small uh kind of cow pose with your upper body as well so yeah that's that's where we're going so go ahead and sit up tall feel that connection down with your sits bones into whatever you're sitting on and allow that energy to carry up through your spine maybe firming the abdominals a little bit opening the heart forward broadening through the collarbones lengthening out through the back of the neck and all the way up through the crown just taking a nice deep breath in here just exhale and a sigh doing that one more time Inside out. And we'll inhale for our lion's breath. And it feels ridiculous, like it makes you want to laugh. But let's do that one more time. Inhale. Exhale, side out. No, see, I can't even help myself but laugh, yeah. honestly. 
Yeah. That was, wow, that was a new one for me, honestly. Uh, thank you for bringing something new. I appreciate yeah. it. Something new to end the season perfectly on the Perfect Prana Show. Usually Yay. people are like, just inhale, exhale. Some people do box breathing. It just depends. But everybody at home, I recommend you try that. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so this much recording isn't being, like the visual recording is not being shared right no it's like, not like this is a safe space to be able to do it like yes this yeah. <laughs> weekly wellness challenge last week's challenge or technically this week's challenge is thursday was to do a 10 minute sitting practice every day just focusing on your breath sitting up nice and tall how did i do surprisingly i've been crushing this challenge it's been very good for me i'm glad that i've been doing this and getting back into it because honestly one of the best time periods in my life this summer i was keeping up with this the sitting practice for my training and then of course i got away from it but that was the best time period in my life and that was for a reason probably because I was really sitting with myself and really just sitting in some stuff so I've been doing my 10 minutes a day this week and it's been helpful I have been sorting through some of my emotional and mental discrepancies and I've been having conversations and I've been escaping less lately I have not been watching stuff on my phone while showering. Lately, I've been showering in silence ever since I've been doing this, and it's not on purpose. I don't know what's driven me to this point, but that's been the vibe. <laughs> I don't know. This week, I've just been getting a lot of ideas or kind of taking a... I'm really kind of honed in right now and really trying to think and plan out my future and like really ask myself what do I want from myself what do I want out of life what do I want my life to look like because let me tell you something I get what I want I get exactly what I want and sometimes that's not always a good thing because when I don't know what I want that leaves a lot of space open for chaos confusion and for that leaves a lot of space for the bare minimum <laughs> a lot of space for poop <laughs> seriously so i really been trying to hone in on what i want and ask myself what does that look like on the day-to-day -day? and like again this is this is the reflection season this is the reflection season so that has been going on and I feel like the sitting practice is a pinnacle part of doing a true deep reflection sorting through my thoughts really I get my like thoughts are racing they are absolutely racing and I've been driven to even journal more after really sitting down and listening and seeing all these thoughts pass me by like I need to write this down or I like I need to make the next step on this because this is obviously going to keep coming up it keeps passing me by and I'm going to let it pass right now but like 
after this, like, I need to, like, what are the next steps, you know? So it's just, I've been getting the clarity and I've been wanting to get the clarity, but it's just like, first, to get the clarity, you got to be quiet and you got to be in silence and you got to breathe. This week's weekly challenge is, again, we're going to recycle a challenge. There's nothing wrong with doing something twice, okay? But this week's weekly challenge, I want to go back to the journaling. And okay, but I want to redo this challenge of journaling every day. Let's say at least uh, two pages a day. Maybe more because it's easy for me to journal more, but I'm going to get back to journaling every day. It is something that slowed up for me, and I can tell by how chaotic some of my thinking has been, and it's like unaware, or like really just like, again, a lot of gray area and me not knowing what I want. That's okay, we're gonna look at past Kaya and we're gonna look at Kaya right now like it's okay to not know what you want and we're gonna give you space to not know but with that being said let's give you space to figure it out though figure it out on them pages girl (laughs) that's what I'm gonna do I'm going to journal every day but this time I'm going to do a journal prompt every day so follow me on instagram at consistently kaya consistently spelled with a k kaya spelled k-y-a-h where i will be posting a journal prompt every day what i'll be journaling about and why i'm adding the prompt to it last time i gave freedom this time it has to be a prompt because there's been so much i've been missing and that's because it's like i don't even know what i don't even know So I need to start asking myself these questions and having conversations with myself, thinking about all the possibilities. And sometimes it's hard. And I've had days where I've wanted to journal, but I'm like, I don't have anything to journal about. I don't even have anything to talk about. But I really feel like that was just me being out of tune with my emotions and out of tune with my thoughts. Like I was like, just like, okay, like, just living life just doing this just doing that but not being like really aware of what really is going on with me and inside my brain and again dang I feel like something's missing like I don't even know what to ask myself I don't even know what I want I like I don't even know anything like (laughs) but I feel like having the prompts will help me get to know some things about myself and just kind of point me in the right direction of what I want out of life and what I need to know, the questions I need to be asking and who I need to be talking to. And But good news, I did knock out one of my December goals, which was to do a three-day fast. I did complete that and it was a really good one. My other goals, of course, finish the book that I've been reading, Atomic Habits, and three yoga classes, which I did one, so that's good. Hopefully, I wanna do one in person, so 
that'll be that'll be the next thing that I'm gonna do but I don't know I've been reading this book for a long time I've been doing everything extremely slow uh but like I said December it's the time to knock it out we're like halfway through December it's December 14th so uh we still have some time but not that much but my schedule is about to free up and I'm about to take this break to again go inward and really practice yoga you know what I'm saying (laughs) with that being said I'm going to end this season (laughs) this episode with a quote like I usually do and I decided to pick up one of my books for my teacher training and can go back to the roots of yoga yoga sutras of patanjali and um these nine obstacles to self-knowledge disrupt and scatter the mind they are disease dullness doubt negligence laziness dissipation due to excess craving delusion lack of concentration necessary to achieve higher consciousness and instability accompanying these distractions are suffering frustration restlessness and disturbed inhalation and exhalation and I chose that because I just flipped to her in the page and I was like, okay, I'm going to choose this one. <laughs> but okay, I really chose that because, again, reflection season. So thinking about the scattered brain and me being like, man, I don't know all these things that I want to do and I have so much confusion or I just don't know and just not really strong in the sense of self. It's made me reflect on, okay, what's been going on? Have I been experiencing these obstacles? Have I been lazy? Have I been dealing with disease? Or have I been doubtful? Or, you know, I named a lot of stuff. Just taking a look at myself and being like, yeah, have I been dealing with this stuff also just assessing my breathing and like sometimes I've noticed that I haven't really been breathing deeply (laughs) sometimes I might get a real a glimpse of a deep breath but then other times I'm like man I have not really been properly breathing even during a practice like just like I noticed that sometimes my breathing will be a little restricted or in in some postures or even during my meditation I noticed that my posture was lacking and that's why my cue has been lift up from the low back and I've been reminding myself that so breath can effortlessly flow through my body and I've noticed like dang I think that I'm sitting up straight sometimes but really I'm not it it (laughs) it's it's worth assessing you know so I think that it's good to reflect on and to just become self-aware and think okay well why have I been scattered brain and you know why am I so unsure about everything why have I been suffering or why have I been restless why have I been 
uh, anxious or whatever and review those things review your life in the past month in, in the past couple of weeks and think about what you've been doing day to day how things have been going and and then we'll make the change thank you thank you so much for sticking with me through this all I have learned so much and I'm so glad that I stuck this out through the end because let me tell you I've come in and I've recorded and I've done episodes on days when I had no idea what I was talking about and I have felt like complete trash I've had episodes where I've been in a straight up fever dream and like sleep deprived and like just going through the motions just wanting to give up at times like but I'm glad that I've stuck with it because the perfect prana show keeps me in check y'all keep me thinking constantly and I love you seriously with that being said Thank you for tuning in to The Perfect Prana Show on WCRX 88.1 FM or Apple and Spotify. I will be back in January. So subscribe, be on the lookout, follow me on Instagram to stay updated. May the light and darkness within me bow to the light and darkness within you. Namaste. Namaste.